Today we are speaking with one of the ensemble cast members and stars of the Netflix hit series Glow. And hopefully, when they finally start casting members for the new film, Faith from Valiant Comics. How are you doing this morning, Brittany? I'm good. How are you? I am great. You know, finally get a chance to talk to you on the phone. I know we've run into each other a couple of times at the uh, Netflix C Glow events, and it's always mm-hmm. been a pleasure. Oh, well, you know, we like to have a good time. Of course. You know, you get to beat people up in the ring, and then you get to <laughs> act on top of it. So. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a good combo. Yeah. Uh, what has been the reaction? I know we're going into season three. They've doubled up the episodes for for Glow from 10 to 20 episodes for season three. Um, what has been the reaction from the original Glow girls from the 80s in regards to the series? Well, well, first I have to correct you. I don't know who told you that. We still only have 10 episodes. Okay, because someone had told us that it was 20 now, and we're like, wait a minute, you know. I mean, we all would have been totally on board for 20, but no, it's only 10, um, but they're great episodes. Like, it's a great season. Um, You know, the reaction from the original Glow Girls that I have interacted with have been great. I mean, I think they kind of are under the understanding, and I think everybody is, is that we really are trying to, you know, pay homage to what they went through, but we're also introducing new characters and new storylines independent of what they went through. Um, season one especially, like, you know, there were a couple things in there that were really taken specifically from, you know, their experience and what had happened to them. And then with season two, and especially with season three, we're kind of expanding more on the characters we have. But every single original Glow Girl that I've met and talked to, you know, they really enjoy the show and they really just love how much we're going for it and how we're kind of really keeping it authentic and really playing truthful to their experiences and what they went through. Right. Well, that's great because the show, I mean, the show's a hit and it keeps moving forward. And now you got yeah. Gina Davis as a cast member. Ugh. I love Gina Davis so much. She, like, we were shocked when we saw her name on the call sheet. We were like, no way Gina Davis is coming to our little show. And then she showed up and she's a fan of the show. Like she came and gave everybody hugs and wanted to take pictures. Like she just absolutely crushes it. And she has, there's one scene that I unfortunately per Netflix cannot talk about. Mm -hmm. I think everyone, when they see it, they'll know what I mean. She is fantastic and deserves the title of legend. Like she's just amazing. Amazing. And five years ago, that little girl from Alaska, how would she have reacted to even know that this was a possibility? I mean, I, she's pretty stoked. <laughs> Not going to lie. She's pretty happy. I mean, I've always wanted to be an actor, and I'll be 100% honest, I was very scared to really pursue it. Mm-hmm. And now that I finally, you know, I'm still scared to pursue it, but now that I have finally come over to this side of the camera, you know, I worked in production for years, it definitely is a feeling of, oh, yeah, Brittany, that's where you belong. <laughs> and it just, it feels great. You know, I'm having a great time. I will ride this train until it tells me I need to get off, but I'm having a blast. Well, you know, congratulations in coming to California and getting used to one and a half seasons versus, you know, six months of darkness versus six months of light. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> the heat I still haven't gotten a hold of. Like, I don't think I'll ever get a hold of the heat, but, you know, what are you going to do? Disneyland's an hour away. I can't complain. Right. Well, it's 15 minutes away from me, so. <gasps> I mean, I'm the one who's, like, leaving at, like, 5 a.m. to get there at, like, 6. 
to wait in line. So. Well, let me know next time. I'll go with you. Okay. You know, we'll go hang out at Disneyland and wait for Marvel Land to open up. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> I'm a Disney purist. I don't uh-huh. know how I feel about all these new, like, things coming to the park. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, Pixar's doing their thing. Toy Story was just another hit. Aladdin was huge. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that you had fun with at least one of those two. I mean, I definitely went and saw Aladdin, and I was very pleased and very surprised. Pixar, I will allow, but I don't know. There's just something that, like, I don't know, something about the Marvel, and even though I'm a huge Star Wars fan, that I'm just like, nah, like, give me Snow White and, like, Pirates any day over right. these new ones. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a nostalgic for me. Like, right. 30 years from now, I'm going to be like, yeah, Marvel Land. Let's <laughs> you know, get there. I get you. you know. <laughs> uh, so being from Alaska doesn't seem like there's much acting opportunities unless, you know, the fact that Northern Exposure was shot there back in the late 80s, early 90s, and now they're bringing that show back. If they brought that show mm-hmm. back and you were casting it, would you be willing to go back to Alaska for six months? Um... I mean, I totally would. I'd be willing to go back to Alaska to do any project. I mean, I definitely think that, you know, it's one of those things where I want to see my community thrive and I want to see people come and enjoy what it has to offer. Um, You know, kind of the downside, though, we had a little bit of resurgence um, back around 2010. Actually, the first project I ever worked on as an – well, I wasn't an assistant. I was in the production office but was a movie with Drew Barrymore and Kristen Bell um, called Big Miracle. And it kind of led, I think, like a Liam Neeson movie came up after that, a John Voight movie came up after that. And it looked like Alaska was going to get some, you know, get some play. But I think people kind of just realized that, like, one, unfortunately, you know, it takes a lot of time. You have to get everything there. Like, we don't have the equipment. We don't have you know, any of that stuff to really hold these huge productions. And also, you know, the environment is an issue. You know, if you're shooting in the summertime, it's kind of great because you have the light all the time. But if you're shooting in the winter months, you know, you got to be chasing the sunlight. So I feel like maybe I can be one of those people that really does start to bring the industry up there, you know, bring classes up there. Having a film school would be great up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, if Northern Exposure shoots up there and they want me, I'm down. I mean, I can work as a local hire, stay at my parents' house. <laughs> my- there you go. And you're, I'm sure your dad would be excited about that. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. trying to get one kid out. He doesn't want another one. <laughs> Uh, now, like you, I'm also ethnically ambiguous when it, when people mm-hmm. see me. Are you indigenous uh, Alaskan? No, I'm not. Um, my mom, long story, my grandpa moved his family up there in the 60s, and my mom grew up there, and my dad moved up there when he graduated college. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom is white, my dad's black, but we, you know, our family has been in Alaska for quite a long time, but we can't claim any native Alaskan roots. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alaska has all those tax breaks, you know, for living there and then uh, no income tax, no, uh, no sales tax. So those are two major bonuses. They are. But then when you think about it, it's like, oh, that's great. But everything there is so expensive right. because of it. Like it's one of those like trade offs. And yeah. I know when Palin was running for VP, we won't talk about it, <laughs> but she kind of misled a lot of people to be like, yeah, we pay you to live in the States. Or, right. And then people come up and they're like, oh, it's the once a year payment. You have to qualify for it. Right. Hmm, it's not that much money. <laughs> well, let's be honest. All, all politicians mislead you no matter what side they're on the fence. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to cover politics, so, you know, I keep telling everybody, when you mix blue and red together, you get purple, and we're all left bruised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, you're this Alaskan actress. You're you're of mixed ethnicity, um, you know, and Faith is a huge character, and you had told me that this is a goal of yours to play, and this is a superheroine from the Valiant universe, um, mm-hmm. you know, celebrating what? Almost 27 years now for Faith. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, how did you find out about the comic itself? You know, did you grow up reading it in, in Alaska as a kid or did like you stumble upon it a few years ago with the Valiant Resurgence? Like, how did you how did your interest in faith come about? I well, interestingly enough, I'm a huge bookworm. Like I read probably one to two books a week. I love reading. And I had tweeted out maybe like three years ago, two years ago about like asking people, do you have any books? that are body positive female lead characters and no joke every single person that person was like have you read faith have you read faith and i hadn't even heard of it and i was like okay let me check it out and i started reading it and now i'm just obsessed with it i mean she's such a fun character i love her sassiness but also like her dedication and her big heart you know she's so concerned with her friends and like keeping everyone around her safe um, and I really kind of connect to that. But also just to see, you know, a story where you have this plus-size character in a role that you never really see her in, and it's not a big issue. Like, there may be a couple times where someone will say something about her weight, but it's like, it's a quick, it's a quick, you know, run and go. It's never focused on. It's just like, hey, she's a superhero and she happens to be plus-size. Get over it or she's going to leave you behind. Right. You know? So I really gravitated towards that, and when I found out that Sony Pictures had, you know, bought the property and were thinking about making it into the movie, I was like, I need to put this out into the universe now, and hopefully, you know, the universe will work its magic, and at the very least, I'll get an audition, but, like, I want this one, right. for sure. <laughs> well, when we, you know, when before you and I reconnected online, we were talking to the guys at Valiant, and we're like, oh, we heard Faith is coming, Exo Man of War, Bloodshot, all this stuff, and like, yeah, I was like, yeah we know the exact actress that needs to play Faith, and it's got to be Brittany Young. And they're like, that's the one from Glow, right? I was like, yeah. I'm like, huh, okay. I mean, I don't know how much stroke they have, but, you know. I feel like it's good that they know my name, but I'm also just, like, kind of the plus side about Glow is that, like, for other physical projects, it's kind of like one giant stunt reel for me. Like, it's not, you know, I won't be coming in and being like, oh, I need you guys to help me out with the stunt part. It's like, no, like, I can do physical things and I can learn them quite quickly. And I think it's really funny because I did just dye my hair blonde. And, like, you had commented on one of my pictures. Like, well, now you just need to be safe. A lot of people have asked, like, are you playing safe? I got so many DMs being like, what's with the blonde hair? And I'm like, oh, I just needed a change up. But now everybody sees it's natural, you know. So it kind of helps, but I think I'm really excited, too, about the project, which is the same way I was excited about Glow, where it's like, by even bringing this property forward, if I don't get to play Faith at all, I'm still being represented because they are bringing a character who's like me onto the TV screen. Like, that's a big deal. Like, that's how I felt about Carmen, where it's like, 
I'm going to be represented as a person, right. regardless if I'm the actress who plays her, just because they have a plus size character on screen. Right. You know, so like I think that's where my like ooh, amp to play her comes from. Right. Well, your character Carmen Masapichu is inspired by Mountain Fiji Emily Doyle, who uh, passed mm-hmm. away not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I I got to be the last person to interview her before her passing. I think it was like oh, yeah, two months before she died. And, um, you know, she was one of the sweetest ladies and she was one of the biggest stars of the original incarnation of Glow. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, six foot one shot putter almost uh, made the Olympic team. But of course, in uh, 1980, we boycotted because it was the Soviet mm-hmm. Union and she didn't get a chance to be an, an Olympian, unfortunately, but she made it as a pro wrestler. Yeah. You know, what's it like training? Because you have Kia Stevens, who's awesome Kong and now just signed with AEW. Uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, which is huge for her, um, you know, going back to wrestling. Cause I know she's had some injuries, but her acting has become uh, great. I remember in season one where they gave her the line of, I don't, you know, I don't know anything about wrestling or I don't know how to fall right or something like that. And I'm like, yeah. that was funny. Um, but you know, you got, uh, Tyrus working with you, Carlito, you got, uh, Chavo Guerrero, whose uncle was the original <laughs> trainer for the first incarnation of glow. What's it like mm-hmm. having all these professional wrestlers around to help train you with the with the uh, acrobatics and the uh, the workouts? I mean, having Chavo there for sure. I mean, he's wrestling royalty. Like it's, I don't think we quite really grasp how lucky we are to have Chavo like in our midst until we started really researching wrestling ourselves and seeing how much, you know, the Guerrero family, how influential they have been to wrestling, especially, you know, in America. Um, But it's just been really great having them all there, especially for me with Kia. I mean, I remember the first week or two, Chavo kind of had her pull me aside and be like, hey, take Brittany and go do some stuff over there. You know, like we do have, I'm, I'm a little bit bigger than Kia, but like we have similar body types. And I know kind of coming in, I was a little bit scared. Like, I hadn't quite learned how to control my body yet. And I was scared I was going to hurt these, you know, much smaller women. And I made that very clear to Chavo. I was like, I think I need a little bit more help than everybody else just to learn how to control it. And so he paired me with Kia, and she just taught me so many different tricks and so many different things that she uses in the ring. And from there, it was kind of just like, okay, now I know my body. How, as Brittany, can I do this and expand on what she's given me? Mm-hmm. And that helped a lot. And, like, I was really excited that I got to wrestle um, Carlito in season two. And it was funny because, you know, he's busy, which is amazing. So he and I didn't really get to rehearse um, before we shot on the day. So I was actually training with Chavo. And basically, he goes up to Carlito, and he's just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know, she's going to come at you. She's going to duck. We're going to do, like, you know, just telling him all these things. And he just looks at he's, he looks at Carlito, and he's like, she's got it. Don't worry. And after the first take, Carlito just looks at me, and he's like, wow, like, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that means so much to me. And I had kind of walked up on him and Chavo having a conversation about it, just how he was just blown away with, one, how, you know, amazing I was doing, but then just also how well the whole entire season had gone. Like, especially he got to watch the whole battle Royale play out many, many times. So that was really a heartfelt moment to just be like, yes, like professional wrestlers are saying we're doing a good job. We must be on the right track. Then. Right. And for people that don't know, Carlito's also from wrestling royalty family since his dad owns Puerto Rico. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's got to be like a huge ego boost or at least confidence boost when you sit there and like two guys from, from two Latin wrestling families sit there and go, yo, this girl's got it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely one of those things where, I don't know, like I was an athlete growing up, like I was a cheerleader. So I'm used to like lifting people's bodies and people falling on me. <laughs> but this is one of the sports where for some reason in my mind, I think because, like, I just want to do it justice and make sure people know that this is real. Like, we're not pulling we're not pulling any punches. We're not, you know, having stunt doubles come in. Like, this is all us. Right. I've become a little bit, like, of a perfectionist and sometimes get, like, too lost in, like, trying to get moves perfect. <laughs> so to hear people, you know, like Carlos and Chavo just be like, hey, like, no, you're doing, like, a really good job. It looks great is, like, kind of also, like, a relaxer. It's like, okay, cool, like – just chill, just go into the moment and, you know, be in the moves, be in the scene. So, you know, it's a a stress reliever too. (laughs) Right. And I remember the first time you guys went to Lucha Underground as a cast when they did the San Diego show and you guys have Mm -hmm. done a bunch of stuff paying attention to professional wrestling. So there is that love for, for the art form at this point. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, for sure between season one and season two, we went and like us girls, we went to like, so many different like we went to raw we went to lucha we went to all these different places and also we watched a lot of tape and we came back in season two and we're like child we want to do this move we want to do that move of course to us like another thing just wanting to keep it authentic none of our moves are like after they predate 1985 like Chavo wanted to make it a point we're not using any moves that wouldn't have been used in 1985 so of course us girls came in and we're like oh we just saw like you know we just saw all the girls on WWE do this move and Chavo's just like nah that's like 2002 we can't do it (laughs) so it's kind of one of those things where we get really pumped but we also have to remember like we need to stay true to this sport and stay true to the time sorry I'm talking super fast. No, it's great. I love it. Yeah. And uh, you've actually ran into the original Glow Girls at a uh, WWE event at Staples Centers. We did. You know. How how is that meeting of, uh, you know, the the 80s classic versus the 2000s rebranding? It was was really cool. I mean, it definitely was something that I don't know if they knew we were going to be there, but like we didn't know they were going to be there. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of those instances of like walking into the green room and we just stopped and we're like, wait a minute, that's not Togo the Hun. That's Hollywood. Like we kind of just sat there and we're like, we know you girls, what is going on? And like after we all realized who each other were, it was just like, you know, kind of like a meeting of the minds. Like we took a bunch of pictures and we sat there and talked to all of them about their experiences and, you know, just really got to hear again, like how much they enjoyed the show and, you know, how much they were so excited that, you know, our show has also given them a resurgence. Um, a lot of people, like, have gone back and watched the documentary. Um, I know a lot of people have been kind of going down, like, YouTube black holes and watching all the matches online. Like, it's so awesome to just kind of see it just come full circle, you know, for everything, for just, you know, the property glow as a whole. Um, it's been really cool, and it was it was a really nice moment to just be like, oh, hey, like, you know, we respect you gals so much. It's great to see in turn that you are respecting what we're doing as well. Like, it was a really supportive moment. And it's got to be a great feeling because there has to be that that dread early on of going, oh, man, are they going to like it? Because, you know, we're playing caricatures or characterizations of them. You know, Mm -hmm. what if they hate us? 
Yeah, I mean, that definitely was a concern. But like I said, like, you know, just reading our scripts, we just really can see how much our, you know, we have amazing writers, we have amazing producers, and they care about being, you know, as authentic and real as possible just as much as we do. And it's quite the collaborative effort, you know, like if there's something that we're uncomfortable with or something that we just don't think our characters would do, our writers are so open to discussing it and figuring out how to get to a point where it makes sense. Um, And so I think that, you know, just having everybody on board wanting to do these women justice and, you know, respect what they went through and what they're still going through, I think that really helped a lot. Right. Well, you're, you claimed that you were a fangirl too. So, you know, aside from the acting thing and getting the respect from your peers and your contemporaries, what is it like on the other side also being a fan of things? Because, you know, we mentioned Faith and wanting you to play that character and mm-hmm. being a total Disney nerd. Like, what's the one thing that you super fangirl out for? Oh, what's the one thing I super fangirl out for? Oh. Like, almost to the point of, like, you know, your friends look at you and are kind of embarrassed to stand there with you. Oh, I mean, I think it has to be Disney. Like, I mean, anything Disney, like Disney movies especially, were a huge part of my childhood and were a huge part of me wanting to be in this business. But also, interestingly enough, wanting to be in this business to kind of change things a little bit. Um I think, you know, just going to Disneyland, like, I have, like, a set routine. I know which rides to hit and when to hit them. I'm always decked out in Disney gear. Like, I want to take pictures with all the, like, princesses, you know. So, definitely, if you don't know me and you go to Disneyland with me for the first time, I think it's quite a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I also really geek out pretty hard. Um, How I Met Your Mother was my favorite TV show. I quote it constantly. Um, even though it's been off the air for like six years now, like I'm still talking about it. I'm still watching it. Which show is um, this? How I Met Your Mother. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I just really love, like I'm a film and TV nerd, you mm-hmm. know, like I went to film school. I love watching TV. I love watching movies. I love researching about it and, you know, finding out things that happen on set, you know, with box office, all that stuff. So really, I, you know, I can't grow up about a lot. Of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome because you're authentic to who you are. Oh, 100%. And, like, you know, like, when I see actors now, like, I try to play it cool. Like, mm-hmm. I met Melissa McCarthy at the SAG Awards and literally started crying. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where it's, like, to finally be in the industry that you've admired so much and to kind of be, like, I mean, not to sound, like, douchey, but, like, to be recognized in that mm-hmm. industry is really an amazing thing. Like, I don't take it for granted at all. No, the douchey part is taking it for granted. That's true. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Go back. Reclaim. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you fangirl out from Melissa McCarthy. At what point does it hit you that you're not just her fan, but you're also her colleague? Um, with her, it didn't. <laughs> um, I actually, funny enough, the other day was talking to a friend and I was like, I don't even know. I mean, I'd love to work with her, but I sat there and I was like, I don't even know if I ever worked with her, if I could keep it cool. Um, but I, it's just, I think it's, it's amazing, you know, like, especially at the, I think the SAG Awards for me, especially, like, we're so honored to be there, but to have other casts come up, like, the cast of This Is Us is, like, a huge glow fan. They are so supportive of us. 
Like, every time we see them, they're so happy to see us, and we're so happy to see them. Like, it's just things like that where it's like, oh, you know, like, not only were you guys invited to this, but we were too and were nominated. Like, it's still very mind-blowing for me. Um, I don't know that it ever will sink in, and I kind of, again, I don't want it to. Like, it's, it's one of those things where I'm just like, wow, like, I've wanted to be here for so long, and now that I'm here... I'm enjoying it and I want to keep on enjoying it. And I want to keep on having that feeling of being like, Oh my God, there's Morgan Freeman over there. I'm like two inches from him as a like colleague, you know? Um, I think kind of when that moment goes away, that's when I need to probably sit down and be like, Hmm, do I want to do something else now? I don't think it will ever happen, but. Well, let's hope not because you're having a lot of fun and it shows. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. (laughs) And since Morgan Freeman's like the nicest, coolest guy ever, you know, no matter how big you get, you still got a fangirl out for him. Oh, heck yeah. But I mean, like, hopefully, <laughs> I think, I definitely think now I'm getting much cooler about it. Like, okay, take out the Melissa one, but like, <laughs> that I'm very excited to meet. Like, I feel like now I can talk to them as like a normal person instead of being like at a super high octave with my voice that only dogs can hear. <clears throat> you know, like, I've kind of just been like, I've, I've experted down the like, hey, can I take a picture with you? Cool. You know, like, I've got it down packed where it's not creepy anymore. Right. Well, the hard part is you're also, like, 5'10", 5'11", so the fact that, yeah. you know, someone that's taller than most actors that are 5'3", you know, it becomes oh, yeah. intimidating after a while. Yeah, and I'm always in heels, and, like, I think it's just funny because, you know, the kind of the great thing for Glow is that, you know, especially for my character, like, we really want to be like, hey, this is, you know, what this person would do in that time. So for me, I don't wear makeup on the show. Like, my hair is in its natural curly state with this 80s cut. So when people see me, like, all dressed up, they kind of, like, go, like, wait a minute, are you Machu Picchu from Glow? Oh, you are. Like, it's funny to see how people, you know, kind of see me in a different light when I do go to these events. But, Mm -hmm. like, in my mind, I still think I'm out there with, like, you know, no makeup on, crazy curly hair. The only thing I notice is my feet hurt from the heels, you know? <laughs> so it's fun to see people kind of register it. <laughs> I get you. You know, next time just wear some Converse with the, with the dress and see how they react to that. Oh, my God. You have no idea how close I am to doing that for every event. But, you know, you got to keep you got to keep some decorum. Right. The, the head heels do definitely come off anytime there's no pictures. That's for sure. Pass the red carpet and the slippers come off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the show's been nominated for for so many things: Critics' Choice Awards, SAG Awards, all this other stuff. Is it still mind blowing that a show that was so new is getting so much recognition? Hmm. Yeah, it's you know, again, like we're very honored. Like I used to, I used to be that person that when someone would lose an award and they'd be like, "It was just an honor to be nominated," I'd be like, "No, it's not. You wanted to win." But seriously, now us being nominated, like. It really is an honor to be nominated, especially in the TV categories. There's so much content out there right now to be considered one of the top five out of all the stuff that's out there. Like, there's brilliant work out there right now. Like, it really is quite an honor to be considered amongst the top, you know, TV shows out there. And, I mean, I love it when it's, like, I see TV shows that I'm obsessed with also getting the same recognition, you know? So it really, we really are blessed to be on Glow, and it's one of those things where if we didn't get the recognition and fans still loved it, we we as a cast and a crew are obsessed with this show. It's 
so much fun to work on every day that we would be, you know, honky dory without the recognition just because we love it so much. But it is very nice to get it too. <laughs> I have to ask this since I'm a huge fan of Mark Marin. I've been watching Mark since I was a kid. You know, I was 12 years old the first time I saw Mark perform. Oh, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 41. I don't care. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm more than willing to admit my age. Um, I, I actually, first time I met Mark was at Critics' Choice Awards when you guys were first nominated. And mm-hmm. I totally forgot that Mark has this thing about his age and, and you know, hates aging and being old and any of that stuff. And I met him. I was like, dude, the first routine of yours I heard, I was 12 years old and his date just looks up at me because I'm 6'3 and she was like 5'1". Yeah. And just going, who the hell is this giant talking about being a 12-year-old? <laughs> you know, and just the look on Marin's face, I was like, oh, I blew my chance of eating one of my favorite comics. Nah. Yeah. Is it like, you know, angry story time with Grandpa or is it like actually fun working with Mark on a on a different scale? Oh, my gosh. I mean, we love Mark Maron. Like, we – I he will attest to this. We have changed that man so much. I mean, the first season, it was really interesting because, you know, he was just coming off of Marin and never really worked on a show in this big of a role that he didn't have a hand in writing or creating. So he, you know, he'll he'll admit he was kind of nervous coming in. And the first season was a lot of, like, trying to get him to sit with us and trying to get him to hang out with us. But he was like, here it is, you know, this group of 15 women who, at that point when we had first met Marin, we girls had already been together for about a month and a half because we had been training. So we knew each other at that point quite well and were really bonded. And he he told us, he was like, it was intimidating to come into this group of women who had already really known each other. And then for me to be like the new guy was a lot. And slowly we kind of like chipped away at that. And now it's like anytime we say Glow Girls, we are thinking Mark Marin as well. Like he's <laughs> such an integral part of our team and an integral part of our family. And you know, it's so awesome to see, like, him get so much recognition. Like, he's so fantastic. And once he was kind of given this chance to just, you know, essentially be himself but push it even farther to be this character who is Sam Sylvia, it's just really amazing to watch. And it's really fun to work with him. And, yeah, like, sit down and listen to his stories. I mean, I just went to Ireland for three months. And he came and did a show over there, and I went over and watched the show, and I was so proud. I was like, yeah, that's right, that's my friend. That's Mark Marin, I know him. Like, I was so proud to watch him do his craft and be the person I know he is, you know? So that was a lot of fun. He's, right. he's fantastic. Well, you just dropped a big bombshell. Three months in Ireland. What took you there for three months? Um, I went there, I just went there, my boyfriend lives in Ireland, so I went there and hung out with him for, you know, three months. Um, it was amazing. It was, we had just finished shooting, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go take a vacation. And went over for three months. Ireland is gorgeous. Everybody should go visit it. It's such a wonderful, welcoming country. Like, it's amazing there. I was quite sad to come home. <laughs> and you should be quite sad that doing that whole long distance thing, you know, I mean, you have an entire continent and a body of water in between. Oh, yeah, but we're making it work, so it's good. Well, that's good. Plus, you know, you're working 15-hour days, so he doesn't feel neglected if he was, you know, hanging around holding your purse the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he'd never hold my purse. <laughs> then I respect and him I'm already. Happy. 
I'm fine with that. I, I'd never ask him. It's, that's why we work. He'd never hold it, and I'd never ask. See, there you go. A lot of guys don't realize that because they end up presenting their girl when she asks them to hold their person. It's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. I ain't got no palm to hold mine. <laughs> you're like, you're the one that brought the bag. You carry it. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Other than Faith, what's like your dream role? Because you're currently living it with Glow. And we're talking about this so much because the the show's coming back in about a month. And Comic-Con's mm-hmm. in two weeks. Are you guys going to be at Comic-Con? I don't think so. They haven't told us. Um, I'm actually a little sad. I, I kind of thought that Glow would be a great Comic-Con property yeah. for Netflix. But we haven't had the honor of going yet. Um which is okay. I mean, we're, you know, just to see the fan reaction at all the other cons, like we get tagged in so many cosplay pictures. It's insane. Like we are represented at every comic con, regardless if we're there or not. And that's amazing. Um, but Ooh, my dream role. I mean, obviously faith, obviously Mm -hmm. Carmen, like they're both up there for sure. I really, I don't know. I mean, I'm such a comedy nerd. I'd love to be, like, in a murder mystery comedy. Um, since, again, I am a huge book, book nerd and, like, Sherlock Holmes, like, that kind of is my genre. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm at the point right now where I really just want to work. I really just want to act and, like, keep on, you know, exercising my craft and getting better with each part and, you know, experiencing all these different things I can do. Um, I will say I would love to be a Disney princess as well, like that, or even a Disney villain. Give me a sidekick. Just put me in a Disney movie. There we go. Let's just narrow it down even more. Um, Yeah, I think that's not really answering your question, but I don't really have, like, a specific answer. I just want to work. All right, then then I'll throw it out there. You, Melissa McCarthy, and Jason Statham in the sequel to Spy, you know, we'll, we'll, Paul, we'll call Paul Fig and see if we can set that up. I seriously... As if like, I had his number to do it, but you know. Seriously, <laughs> like, Paul Fig, Guy Ritchie, Edgar Wright. Like, mm. those are three directors that I really, really love and want to work with. Like, I just... I don't know, Paul Fig, ever since he was in Heavyweight, I don't mm. know if you've seen that movie. I have, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I had, like, a mini crush on him in that movie. And then to see, like, all the stuff he's done as a director and, like, a producer and writer, I'm just like, this is so great. I'm so obsessed with everything he does. Spy is actually one of my favorite of his. And, of course, you know I'd love to work with Melissa. Right. He, probably, he could probably handle us both. Like, that's a lot of sass. So <laughs> I think he could keep up. Listen, I am completely straight. I have... Like, no quorums of knowing where I stand on the spectrum. And Jason Statham is, like, the sexiest guy I've ever interviewed. People are like, what's he like? I was like, dude, I'm not gay, but I'd sleep with him. Ooh, I mean, he, he's pretty dreamy. And see, but... and you got that out of me. Like, very few people have even heard that in public. And now this is an audio recording that the world's going to, you know, it's going to be out there for the Internet. I'm sorry, I got that out of you. You yeah. offered that information up for because, because you made the conversation so comfortable. That I was like, oh, oh, I'll just open up and let it out. Welcome to my couch. Please don't <laughs> So you have a master's in marriage and family therapy, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fake, but people buy you know, Well, you're an actor. You pretend. Exactly. Nailed it. You know, like psychologists pretend to listen to their clients as they're counting the minutes. I know. 
I always <laughs> think of like psychologists as like the guy in Willy Wonka when he's like, Oh, I had a dream last night where it told me where the golden ticket was and that's when his psychologist is like, Where is it? He's all of a sudden interested. Right. <laughs> Just doodling the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> psychologists are gonna get so mad at me. Oh, me too, don't yeah. worry. If you're a profession, <clears throat> we're just making a joke. Yeah. You seem to be having so much fun with all of this, and I love that attitude about it. You know, being from Alaska, because, you know, even Juneau, as big as it is being the capital, it's still a pretty small town in comparison to Chicago, L.A., or wherever. What's it mm-hmm. like going home now with all this recognition? You know, like, you still go to your parents' house, and your dad's like, yeah, hurry up and finish doing the dishes. But, like, <laughs> with everybody else, what's it like? I mean, it's great. I mean, I definitely... You know, going home to me is just, like, the best feeling because, you know, it's where I grew up. It's a place that knows me. It's a place that I know well. Like, it's very comfortable there. Um, Interestingly enough, I get a lot of, like, DMs and messages where people will be like, oh, I saw you at Pizza Man, but, like, I didn't want to come up and say hello. I didn't want to bother you. Like, the culture there with kind of recognizing people is much different than, like, L.A. or New York where people – you know, just have no qualms going up and asking for a picture or saying hello, which is fantastic because everyone's been great. But, like, at home, I always feel a little bit bad where I'm like, oh, no, like, you should have come up and said hi. Like, I don't mind at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of nice to go home and just, you know, be back in my natural habitat, as it were. Like, it's never, you know, people are so nice, but it's never like, oh, my God, Brittany from Glow is here. It's like, oh, no, Brittany who I knew in high school or Brittany who – like, you know, you could take my path at the gym. Like, that's who I am back home, and that's who I like to be back home. Right. It makes sense, but everybody's been so great. And, you know, the newspapers up there always want to do interviews, and I always love to give interviews because it's like my hometown. Like, again, I want to bring people to it. It's such a beautiful place. The people are great. Like, everyone should go to Alaska. Ireland and Alaska, get on it. I'm going on a cruise to Alaska, actually, in August, and I've been there once oh. before, and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's so different than the rest of the United States, yeah. you know, environmentally, culturally, everything, that I just think everybody should experience it at some point in right. their life. Right, and I'm, and I'm Greek Orthodox, so, like, the first Orthodox church in America ever was in uh, Juneau, St. Nicholas Cathedral mm-hmm. over there. So, of course, I, yeah. you know, I had to go visit St. Nick's, and then I went to St. Michael's and everything, so it was awesome just seeing yeah. everything. Oh, yeah, like, it's just, <laughs> like, like I said, like, it's just there's so many different cultures coming into one in Alaska. Like, it's extremely diverse for being such a small population. Yeah. And, you know, like, you're lucky, you know, you get to go back and, like, just be Britney. You know, you don't have to, like, be celebrity Britney here in L.A. versus, you know, casual Britney over there. Because I grew up over here, and, like, so many people were upset when I when I started Fanboy Nation were, like, talking all this bad stuff about it because that's just how people from high school down here are. And they're still mm-hmm. upset, like, they'll see, you know, photos of me and you or me and Morgan Freeman or Jason Statham or whatever. And I'm like, it's that whole why did he deserve it type thing. And I'm like, because I busted my ass to do it. And yeah. so it's got to be refreshing that you go home and everyone's like, oh, yeah, there's Brittany. Cool. I'm happy for. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, you can't you can't get any better than having people support you, you know. And I also just think, too, like, for me. Oddly enough, none of my friends were really surprised when I told them I was, like, quitting my assistant job to be an actor. Like, nobody was shocked by it, and nobody was like, are you sure about that? So that also was, like, a really nice 
kind of like push to be like, okay, stop being so scared. This is what you're really meant to do. That's awesome. And yeah. it fit. Like how long did it take before you quit your job and landed a TV series in LA? Um, well, okay. Here's my history. Okay. Um, so I graduated from USC in 2010 from the film school. And that next year, I, like I told you, I worked on my first job up in Alaska as a production secretary in the production office. And for about five years, I basically worked as an assistant. Like I was in accounting, like I worked in post, like I just worked as many jobs as I could. And my friend, Markel, had a web series and was like, I have a role for you if you want it. And I was like, of course I want it. Like, this can be, like, my, you know, starting my reel, like, getting me work and all that stuff. From that project, I met my manager, and he started sending me out on stuff. And I think it was, well, I know it was. My first audition I had, I booked. And that was a recurring role on a true TV show called Those Who Can't. But from then on, I think, like, my next role was, like, two years later. And then after that, another two years was Glow. So I've been in the business for about eight, nine years now. But I think, like, actually when I started acting, it took me about five, which is very, very amazing. Like, I, I'm not, like, shaded to that. Like, right. Stars really did align for me to get where I was. I mean, I've worked hard, but really the luck aspect has definitely kicked in for me, and I'm very appreciative for everything that has come my way. Right. And the fact that, you know, five years for some people seems like an eternity, that's really quick in Hollywood to get something that, you know, to hit and go. Yeah, and it's like one of those things where, you know, I, I but, like – We've been talking for half an hour now. I like right. to keep it real. I I am on glow, but I'm still out here hustling. I'm right. still out here trying to get auditions, trying to get into rooms. Like, it's one of those things where you have to hit a certain level for you to really be a constant, continuous working actor, and I'm nowhere near that yet. So, like, the work for me is still not done, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm excited about that. Like, I want to do that work. I want to put in that time, but... You know, I am very grateful to have Glow, but it's like the hustle's still going. It, ne- it never ends. Right. <laughs> and that's what a lot of people don't understand, and I'm glad you made that clear. Um, you know, because it's uh, – what what they say, your job is auditioning, booking is the bonus? Yeah, exactly. Like, so many people are like, oh, like, is there something coming up for you? And I'm like, cool, have an audition in a month. Like, it's, that's the reality of this job, and that's <laughs> – I think what was the scary thing for me, where it's like I'm used to, you know, I've been working since I'm 16, like always having a job, and then now being in an industry where, guess what, you might work maybe once a week every few months if you're not on a show or on a movie. Like, that was something that was really kind of scary for me. Hmm. Um, but, you know, it's it's all coming together, and I think, you know, I think definitely this is the beginning of so much more for me, which is great, but again, if it's not, I'm very proud of what I've accomplished and what I've done and what I've gotten to be a part of. Right. And that's great because there's also the fact that, you know, you had mentioned that that you're a larger size woman, and for those of us that have sight can see that, but there's you, there's Carly uh, Carly Gibson, there's, um, I forgot her first name, but Metz uh, on uh, This oh, Is Christy? Us. Christy Metz, thank you so much, mm-hmm. you know, that are that are all getting work. And it's not just these bigger girl stereotypes, sidekick, funny, fat friend stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the reaction to people that are more Zaftig or on the larger side 
to, you know, you ladies working and just being funny and allowing your talent to show? I mean, I think it's, it's basically the same reaction that we have. I mean, it's great to see these roles come out, like you said, that aren't these stereotypical mean girl, bully, fat girl, you know, insecure people. Hmm. Like, it's really great to see more body diversity in film and television today. It's really great to see, you know, people that look like us on TV. Because growing up, I never had that, hmm. you know, and... I think even for the people now, a lot of people still feel they don't have that. Like, we still unfortunately have a very, very long way to go to just really represent what the world looks like as a whole. Like, I'm not just saying, you know, body diversity. You know, we still need to get people of color, people with disabilities, you know, you know, all different sexual orientations. Like, we need to represent people who exist in this world. Like, for some reason, Hollywood thought, like, oh, no, 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 no. We're just going to show you one type and one type only and then little variations of that. It's like mm-hmm. that's not what people want to see anymore. And I think right. that's the result of how much content is out there. Like people weren't seeing what they wanted to see and they weren't feeling represented. So writers and directors and producers were going out and saying like, hey, I want to tell this story. Someone will watch it. Right. And guess what? They are. And they're loving it. Like I just I'm waiting for Hollywood to find that switch in where they're like, oh, People do want to see these stories. They are going and seeing Black Panther. They are going and seeing, you know, if they're getting excited about Charlie's Angels and things like that. Right. Like, I just, I'm waiting for them to really realize what they have. Like, they have a gold mine that they're just sitting on top of, and I'm waiting for it to, like, explode and just rain gold everywhere. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. I was mad at Disney when Captain Marvel came out. And nothing, well, nothing against Brie Larson, you know, but you had the perfect opportunity to introduce Monica Rambo. So Monica mm-hmm. Rambo was the fir- first black female superheroine in the Marvel universe that, you know, was mm-hmm. a major player. Yeah. Um, she was Captain Marvel and Captain America is the one that designated her, designated her to be the leader of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you could have had your first black superheroine leading character in a major superhero film for Marvel in the MCU and we didn't get it. Like, that would have just parlayed everything from Black Panther in. Yeah. And so that's mm-hmm. why I was disappointed. I'm like, you know, because everybody loves the character of Monica Rambo. Yeah. Or at least those of us that are familiar with it. So we were like, yeah. why wasn't it Monica? That makes sense. I get that. That's also yeah. how I kind of feel with, um, as much as I love Nick Fury and I love Samuel L. Jackson, I was really waiting to see Kobe Smulders, Maria Hill take mm-hmm. over. Yeah. Because she does become, like, the Nick Fury in her own right. And I was like, right. oh, okay, we're just going to bring Nick back instead of making Maria Hill the leader. That's fine. Like, you know, like, I think it's one of those things, again, like, where we kind of are just like, hey, here's our first superhero movie. But we're really not pushing it, or female superhero movie. We're not really pushing it to where we could to be all-inclusive. Like, right. we're taking the steps to get there. But like I said, we still have quite a ways to go. Right. I mean, Wonder Woman was great, and that that broke the, the glass ceiling in that regard. And yeah. then Captain Marvel came out. You know, there were just certain things that I'm like, well, they could have gone this way, and that would have, like, blown everything up even more. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's the way they are going. Like, yeah. you know, fingers crossed. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Well, you had mentioned, you know, different orientations, different body types, whatever else. I think Speechless did a great job in having a wheelchair character where his disability wasn't the primary focus. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it was the mom using it 
as a scapegoat to get things for him, which was the which was the great joke. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just tired of like they're like, oh, here's the gay character, flamboyant, over the top. Oh, everybody's got to know this. It's like, yeah, he's just there. You know, people yeah. get tired of like being hit over the head with a Harley Quinn sledgehammer. You know, exactly. of like there they are, giant neon sign. Like, did you see Shazam? No, I haven't yet. Okay, uh, I'll give you one spoiler. Uh, there's a there's a kind of like coming out moment for one of the characters. Uh huh. And it was so subtle that if you weren't paying attention to the dialogue, you would have missed it. Like, well, the, that's just like in Beauty and the Beast when they yeah. said Lefou was going to be gay, and it's right. like, oh no, he just threw like a wink to a man. Right. Like yeah. what? But I I like the subtlety of it because in, in Shazam where they did it, it was like they came out of the strip club. This is the spoiler for you, and that's it. I'm not telling you anything else of the movie. I loved it. And the the character comes out, and they're like, you know, it's a female strip club. And he looks back at it and goes, eh, not my thing. And that was the end of it. So it was yeah. like, is he or isn't he? Who cares? If you caught the line and how you interpreted it, boom, that that's all that mattered. Yeah. And it was so subtle, and it was just there. It didn't need to be like that sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like that subtlety stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like a really good show right now that I think is doing that really good is, I don't know if you've seen it, it's called Special on Netflix. No, I haven't and watched that one yet. It's really good. I cannot remember the actor's name. He's also created it. Jim Parsons is one of the EPs. But basically his character, oh my gosh, I can't even, his character has cerebral palsy, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's also gay. And it's like, he mentions it a few times, but really the story is about him just navigating the world and trying to find his first job, finding his first apartment. Like he's going through these real life things with, you know, these additions onto it. And it's like, it never is an issue. It's right. just, Oh yeah. His first date happens to be with a man. Right. He's gay. That's great. Like it yeah. never is a huge deal. And I, Oh, I hope it comes back for a second season. I haven't heard anything, but it's so funny. So well done. So well written. And, again, relatable to everybody, regardless if you are gay or have cerebral palsy or anything. Like right. it, it really is a good show and it's very well done. Right. Like being disabled and dating is hard enough as it is. Throw on something else extra to it. You know, that extra shouldn't be the focus. It's just an extra stressor. Yeah. It's just, yeah. hey, this is what my life is like. And it's just such a great show. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll give it, I'll give it a look. And it seems like you're a company yeah. woman that you keep promoting your sister programs. Well, I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. I don't have cable anymore. So what I have is, like, Netflix and Amazon Prime. So most of my stuff tends to come from, like, those two services. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's like, it's weird. They're doing, like, little mini, like, smaller. Like, I think Special and Bonding, both of them were, like, 15-minute episodes. Oh, okay. So it's, like, interesting that Netflix is going into this, like, short-form format. Um, now, but that seems fun, and for some shows it works because some you don't need the full twenty-two or forty-seven minutes. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. And this one it does it well. So yeah. that's awesome. And you know, don't lie to everybody already. We know that you've pre-ordered Disney Plus. I haven't. <laughs> like it's, it's very strange. I'm just. I will. I mean, I'm sure I'll get it when it comes out. Right. Because I do have a friend who she has a show that she created and it's going to be on Disney plus. So I'll need to watch it, but I, I haven't gotten it yet. I didn't even know you could, because isn't it, it's not coming out for like two more years or something, right? No, it's coming out. I think in the end of the fall, beginning of the first quarter oh, of next year. See, 
once I see that it's available to like buy, I'll be like, all right, cool, I'm down. Well, you got to hook me up with your friend whose show's about to launch. Once they make the announcement, let me know. We'll interview her too. Oh heck yeah, she, she'd be down. She's great. You know that's awesome. And then you know, are you looking forward to uh, mixed dish? Since you know we had blackish, grownish, and now mixed dish about um, um, Rainbow's parents on yeah. ABC and how she grew up being mixed race and in the seventies and eighties that was like so unique, I guess. Yeah, I think like <laughs> I guess yeah, it was. It was. It um, wasn't. They just make it I, seem that way. It was just harder. Yeah, I'm really excited. I love blackish. Like <laughs> Kenya Barris, I just think is a genius. I love Tracy Ellis Ross. You know that whole cast is great. So I'm really excited to see, like, this spinoff, especially because I love the fact that, like, her family grew up in kind of a cult that they didn't really think was a cult. <laughs> like, I just love that element of it, and it just makes so much sense that her name now is, like, it's Rainbow. And, yeah, she grew up in, like, a combat, you know. Right. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And Chica Sumter, like, mm. she can do anything, in my opinion. Like, I just think she's a fantastic actress, so... That's going to be fun. And now we got to get you cast on that show. Seriously, I will come as their cousin, their aunt, their nephew, right. whatever they want me to do, I will come. And exactly. Um, especially since then people will be like, oh, that's what she's mixed with. Right. Oh, I get so many different combinations. It's, it's funny. Well, my family's from the Middle East and people are like, are you Jewish? No, you're close. Are you yeah, Russian? See, I, no. Are you Greek? No. Cuban? No. I'm like... I think yeah. it's such a weird – I don't know. We're in such a weird world right now where people feel that they can just assign ethnicity to anybody or the fact that they can speak on. Like, I've gotten a lot of um, – a lot of times where – like, I went to – Netflix sent us to um, the Black Stone Festival in Miami last year, Sadal mm-hmm. Noel and I. Right. And we posted a picture, and someone was like, oh, do you identify as black? And I was like, well, I am black, so that makes sense. And right. then she's like, okay, cool. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, I've gotten a couple tweets where people are like, oh, what is, you know, we did, um, Netflix did um, a huge picture with all their black talent. And mm-hmm. someone was like, oh, what is that white girl doing there? And I'm like, well, I'm black, so that's right. what I was doing there. Like, you know, it's just such a weird feeling for people to kind of tell you what you are right. and then get offended when you correct them. Yeah, that happens a lot. But here's the funny thing, and I've only noticed this between people that are mixed race, white black, white and black, mm-hmm. is that if they're white and black, they typically only identify as black and never half white. You know? Oh, I've no- I think it's, is my that- thing with that, uh-huh. I mean, I get what you're saying. I think my thing with that is that I don't know, this this might sound naive, I apologize if anybody gets offended, but nobody's really walking around claiming to be white. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not something, like, because of privilege, it's not something that people are having to say, no, I am white, I am a minority. Like, nobody's having to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where that comes from, where, you know, most of the time people don't even think I'm white. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem. Like I love both my cultures. I love both my ethnicities. I want to represent them proudly. Right. But when someone comes to me and is like, well, what is that white girl doing there? What is that Hispanic girl doing there? I have to correct them because that's my identity. Right. You know, so I think that that's kind of where it comes from, where it's like, you, you know, like 
throughout history, being white has been so prevalent mm -hmm. that it doesn't need to be claimed. Right. I get it. And again, I think that that might come from a place of naivete, and if someone's offended by that, I'm sorry, but like that's just my experience with it, where I've never had to claim I'm white okay. because never nobody ever assumes that. Okay, because I'm so because like everybody else, it's like, oh, this one's Greek and Korean. I'm Assyrian mm -hmm. and Lebanese. This one is, yeah. you know, Turkish and Portuguese. And like everybody like lists both halves. But when I and typically meet people that are half black and half white, it's just I'm black mm -hmm. and like kind of yeah. negate like the uh, and like you know to me like I have to claim both sides because if mm -hmm. I don't claim both sides, I feel like I'm disrespecting my other half of my family. Yeah, no, a hundred percent same yeah. to me. And I do know that like. <clears throat> For me, like, you know, yeah, my black heritage is something that's very important to me. And unfortunately, within the black community, even to be mixed, sometimes even black people won't claim you. And especially in Hollywood, I've noticed that. Like, if you're dark-skinned like Halle Berry, Mariah mm -hmm. Carey, if you're dark-skinned mixed, Mm -hmm. People will claim you till you know the mountains come down. Mm -hmm. But if you're light skinned, it's a little bit like no, I don't know. You know, like we all we almost have to prove that. And I think that's kind of where the mentality comes from as well, where it's like no, I'm meant to be here because this is who I am. This is right. my culture. This is my identity as well. Right. If that and makes sense. What I've also noticed is I have I have friends that same mix as you, black father, white mother, but have their kids have bullied people who have the white father, black mother. And I'm like, all it reminds me of is that episode of Star Trek where the guy's black on one on the right side and white on the left side. And the other guy's black on the left side and white on the right side, arguing with each other. That's weird. And I'm like, this is the most ridiculous argument I've ever seen. That's very strange. Cause I know like, like how you said, like with the, uh, with the mixes, how easy, like it, when I grew up, grew up, it was very rare. Like I didn't know any mixed kids, it, not even just black and white, just any mixed kids really. Like it was definitely something that was very rare. And I was bullied a lot where a lot of people were like, you're the blackest white girl I know. You're the whitest black girl I know. Like nobody ever really respected the fact that I was from these two communities coming together as one. But now it seems like nowadays, like it's quite common to have people who are from multiple backgrounds, mm -hmm. you know? So I think it is kind of a different world now from when I was growing up where it was like, we almost had to choose between both. And now it's like, no, let's celebrate both coming together. Right. If that makes sense. So that's interesting that people, come on, don't, just don't bully people. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that we have 10,000 years of recorded history. Don't tell me nobody's intermixed over 10,000 years of travels, missionary work, you know, for any religion or politics or the Silk Road or any of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, of course they yeah. have. But, you know, what happened to those people? They were probably shunned. Let's be real. Probably in the beginning. And then, you know, their yeah. kids come along and everyone's like, oh, okay, big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's always the first generation that that gets caught up in in the BS and the bullying, and the sex, the second generation, everyone's like, eh, we're used to it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and your boyfriend's Irish, you said. He is Irish. Did you catch any flack for that? And it's like, oh, she's half black, half white. Her boyfriend's white, so she's siding. Clearly, she's siding with her, her white side. Oh no! And if <laughs> if anybody says that to me, guess what? They don't need to be a part of my life. Like, love is love. I'm gonna love. 
someone, you know, regardless of where they're from, who, you know, what color their skin is. Like, I don't need that negativity in my life. It took me too long to find them. I ain't throwing them back. <laughs> yeah, and God forbid your parents loved you and raised you, even though that you're a mixed race child. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've had, I've had no experience with it whatsoever, you know. Right. So. Yeah. Well, it was difficult for me too, because you know, I was, I was the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Middle Eastern kid, and people forgot that we have a ton of blonde-haired, blue-eyed Middle Eastern people on the Mediterranean coast. Yeah. And, like, I'd get shit from my own people, and this is the one time I'm probably going to curse on this thing because I rarely do in, in interviews. <laughs> and they're just sitting there jabbering away at me about me, and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I just turn and look at them and go, you know, you're, like, from the village over where my family's from, right? Yeah. Did you forget that there's a lot that look like us? And then they get, like, upset because I called them out on it because they got caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People so, <laughs> people just like to talk. Yeah. That'll never change. No. Nah. You know. But it's always fun to catch them in the act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was something that you well, you always have to sign NDAs, but you know, something that's come to um sorry, something that that's been in development or actually cast and been announced, you know, that you really wanted that unfortunately you didn't get because someone else was cast in the role. Ooh. Ooh. You know, that I way if they need to replace the replace the person at some point, we can no, I'm I'm teasing. Yeah. We don't want anybody yeah. to lose a job. Um, interestingly enough, I think one role that I was really, really pining for, it it's not um I don't even know how to say it. it's not physically in front of the camera. It was actually a voiceover role. I went in for the new Monsters Inc. Disney um, went in for the new Monsters Inc. cartoon for one of the characters and was really, really wanting it and was so sad that I didn't get it. But uh, Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rose from the new Star Wars movies, actually is cast in it. And I'm she I I've met her several times. She's such a sweetheart. She's so fantastic. And like once I heard that she was cast, like I heard her voice in my head and I was like, oh, yeah, that's her role. Mm -hmm. Like, that's totally her. And I was really bummed that I didn't get it, but really excited that she did. And I think that's kind of, you know, that's like the wondrous part of this world is most of the time when I don't get roles, especially ones that I want, I do get sad about it. But when I see who did get it, I, it clicks to me like that was meant for them. Like, right. um, I, you know... One of the girls, I cannot remember what her last name, Simone, she was on Luke Cage. She said this one time in an interview where basically someone had asked her, like, how do you feel about roles that you don't get? And she said it really great. She was like, roles that I don't get weren't for me. The ones that I do get, those were always supposed to be mine. Right. And I kind of think about it that way where, you know, I do get a little bit sad, but I have to move on because that wasn't meant for me. Like the ones I book, those ones from the get-go, when they started writing it down on the page, that was always meant to be for Brittany Young. Right. You know, so like that's kind of how I go into it. And listening to her say that really changed my mind and my attitude about not booking things. Um. And like yeah, Faith is written for Brittany Young. We can already tell. It's, it's Brittany Young. Like, you know, and again, if it doesn't, then guess what? It wasn't ever supposed to be mine. You know, so I think that just has to go. But again, like that one, I'm going to be there opening night for sure right. when Faith comes out regardless. So it's just one of those things where it's fun 
you know, to want and to dream and to hope to get it, but to support it when it really comes into fruition, that's going to be the fun part. Absolutely. Like I'm getting into voice acting and they're like, what's your dream role? I was like, Simon Baz, the Lebanese Green Lantern. I was like, (laughs) that's it. That's the only one that came out. And they're like, well, why? I was like, because I'm Lebanese. (laughs) Uh, I I have a lot of things in common. Right. You know, temperament, (laughs) anger issues. No, I'm kidding. I don't have the anger issues anymore. (laughs) But (laughs) like, I understand the character and where he's coming from. So, Mm yeah, but see, at least you have the right attitude and all this stuff, you know, Um, you said your dad moved to Alaska, you know, in the, well, your grandparents moved to Alaska first and then your dad eventually moved there, you know, Mm -hmm. what, like what type of work can you really find in Alaska? I mean, there's a lot of physical work and then seems engineering and infrastructure like what did your parents do while you were growing up and being a cheerleader and active and acting in school plays and whatnot oh i mean i mean alaska might seem like it's some narnia land that you know just magical thing alaska like anywhere else you can do anything you want i mean like you said it definitely does you know a lot of um environmental stuff fish and game oil, you know, all that stuff is really prevalent there. But, like, my parents, um, my mom actually works for um, a national organization called Head Start. Um, it helps to bring schools to lower-income neighbor or lower-income areas for, like, K through 12, K through 5. So she works with a lot of the um, Alaska Native villages that are out in the interior and, like, in the north of Alaska. And then my dad worked with, you know, he was the athletic coordinator at the Boys and Girls Club for a while. Then he moved on to, he works with one of the local high schools um, as a security guard there, and he's also a football and basketball coach for the high school. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's, you know, my parents had normal jobs. uh, But it's such a, you know, it's a great place to grow up, and people, everyone who lives there really does, you know, love it, and it's, it's a great place to grow up. And now your sibling that your parents are trying to kick out of the house, what do they do? Oh, well, he, they're not trying to kick out. He he goes to school, so he just comes back for every summer. But he currently is managing, or uh, he's a manager for a summer camp up there. So he works for the city. But it's just funny because, you know, my parents always say how they, you know, they want to have an empty house. They want to be empty nesters. And then when we all come home for, like, vacations, they love it. <laughs> you know, so we always make fun of them where we're like, okay, and they're, they they threaten to downsize their house, and we're like, no, I'm never going to downsize. Where are we going to sleep? <laughs> yeah, they want you there, and they want grandkids. That's basically what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're just, you know, they're having fun. They're living life. See, that's, that's awesome. You know, well, hopefully when Northern Exposure comes back, you get to be on that show and stay with your parents. And hopefully when yeah. Faith is finally announced with their casting, you're the front runner. Yeah, I'm so nervous, though, because it's so funny because every single thing I read about Faith is like, oh, a teenager. And I'm like, but she's not a teenager. She just got her powers when she was a teenager. Like, right. well, make her be a teenager. Like, I can play, like, 20. I don't know if I can play, like, 14. Right. You know, unless you're Sophie Turner, who's, you know, in her yeah. late 20s still playing teenagers. Or uh, Danielle, uh, Danielle McDonald. She keeps playing teenagers, and I think she's 24 or 20. No, I think she's 28. I mean, I like that's the thing about Hollywood. Like half the kids on Glee when they were on there, yeah. Corey Monteith was a thirty. Right. You know, like it's just one of those things where I'm like, more power to you because you're working and you look great. But I'm just, you know, I'm so nervous that that's gonna happen. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. Right. 
No, Faith is a full-grown adult. They have a they have a younger person getting the powers, and then ten yeah. years fast forward, you sitting on the rooftop with the laptop blogging about something. Yeah, she's got a job. Yeah. <laughs> No job. Like, right. Not the not this day and age. It's not Peter Parker no. working freelance for the uh, for the newspaper for the Bugle. Oh my gosh! I just watched Into the Spider Verse this weekend. Oh, that is the a great. Be- oh. Is that not the best Spider Man movie made yet? I was blown because I really wanted to see it when it came out, but we were shooting. Mm-hmm. So like when we're shooting, like I kind of on the weekends just like decompress and like nap and like do nothing. And I finally got to see it, and I was I was blown away by it. Like Shamik Moore, like <laughs> please be in every voiceover cartoon ever. Like Jake Johnson, even I thought was fantastic. Katie Seinfeld, it was so good. And Nick yeah. Cage like popped up. I was like, what's going on here? Nick is that Nicholas Cage? Okay, I'm down. Okay. Nick Cage as Spider Man Noir was fantastic. It was. I'm taking this Rubik's cube. I don't understand it. <laughs> So it was such a good movie. I was really blown away by it. They did a really good job. I, I keep telling everybody, and Sony will probably, well, Sony has the rights to Spider-Man, so even if they steal it, I'll probably never get a producer credit on it. But what I want to see is them do a live-action version, since it's the Spider-Verse, right? A live-action mm-hmm. version of Miles Morales in there. And you know how Peter Parker dies in you know in Miles Morales' universe. Bring back Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. And have him die as he passes on the mantle to Miles. That's hilarious. Yeah, I think that would be like, we get to have our own spider universe, and this is set in the Sam Raimi universe, and then everything else the MCU is doing with Tom Holland gets to be their thing, and so Uh the two shall never intertwine. So you don't want it to be Andrew Garfield then? Well, I mean, if we're going to go all the way back and make it like a, you know, fanboy moment, then it has to it's got to be Toby. Because, you know, he's the elder Spider-Man, he's ready to retire, and then he gets killed anyway. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. I thought Andrew did a good job as Spider-Man. I didn't think he was a good Peter Parker, but I liked him as Spider-Man. I'll be honest, I didn't see his one. I, I, I felt for some reason that one was just a little too quick to me. I wasn't missing Spider-Man enough for all of a sudden there to be the amazing Spider-Man. Like, right. Just, you know, like, I feel like the one now with Tom, it's like enough time has passed where I'm like, yeah, right. back on Spider now, you know? Yeah, it felt a little rushed. I um, agree with you. Yeah, I'm just, I'm a Batman girl, so, you know. So then you're going to be watching Batwoman when that comes to TV. Hell yeah, and I'm so excited. I'm, I'm a little bit sad. I heard uh, that Batgirl was cut from Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard they originally were going to have her in there, and now that character is not going to be in there. So I'm a little bit sad about that. But, you know, I'm excited for Joker to come out. Marin's in it, so I will be supporting it for sure. Oh, Marin's in Joker? Uh, Marin is in Joker. I did not realize that. Now I have to go watch it. He's, apparently, he, he told me he's, like, he's got a few scenes, but he's really stoked because he's, like, in a scene with Joaquin and Robert De Niro. And I'm like, in what universe is Mark Marin in a scene with Robert De Niro and Joaquin Phoenix? <laughs> But I have to see it for my own eyes. Apparently the DCEU. Yeah, he's so excited <laughs> about it. So I will definitely be supporting that when it comes out this fall. That is awesome. Wow. I, yeah, I didn't realize that, that Marin was in it. Okay, now I have to go watch it for sure. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the pilot for Batwoman. So if you enjoyed Arrow, you're really going to enjoy Batwoman. 
I, I, my, actually, interestingly enough, um, an old boss of mine, David Nutter, was originally supposed to direct that pilot, but unfortunately didn't end up directing it. So I've been kind of following it for a while. I'm excited for Ruby. Yeah. Like, it looks really, really good. Like, I'm pumped, but unfortunately, I don't have the CW, so I'll have to wait till it comes out on CW Seed. Right. Well, so luckily, CW Seed, it comes out the next day. It does. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty, so I'll be just like that one, like, oh, you guys watch it. I find it cool. I'll watch it tomorrow morning. <laughs> or you could just call me and watch it a week ahead of time. Oh, see? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You know, I can't put anything on the record other than that I saw it and that if you liked Arrow, you'll like it. But, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah I, I saw the, the rough pilot about a month and a half ago. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So all I can say is if you liked Arrow, you'll like that one. Cool. Well, I'm down. I will definitely be watching it when yeah. it comes out in the fall. Sure. <laughs> that is awesome. Brittany, I know we've been talking for well over an hour, and it's been a pleasure for me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, please. You know, uh, I, I'm the lucky one. I got to talk to you and goof off and have fun and nerd out and confess my, you know, man crush on Jason Statham. Again. You, know? you offered that up <laughs> yes. freely. Nobody I did. pulled that out of you. <laughs> yes, but, you know, this time it was more subtle in my, in my offering. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, where can everybody find you on social media if they haven't already followed you? Ooh, on social media, um, I am on Twitter. Uh, my handle is it's Brittany Young, and then I am on Instagram at just Brittany Young. Double wise, people forget that. No, just Brittany Young at Brittany Young. Yeah. So okay. Twitter is it's Brittany Young, and then Instagram is Brittany Young. Okay. Sorry. Now I get what you were asking. Me. Understood. <laughs> right, but for the people that that sit there and go. Who's this just Brittany Young? We can't find her. We want to make sure it's at Brittany Young. Yeah, at Brittany Young. That's yeah. it. <laughs> okay, perfect. And next time you go to Disneyland, give me a call. I'm only 15 minutes away. You'll hear me screaming. What's that? I'll probably hear you screaming from my house. I can see the fireworks from here. Aw, I like so. the fireworks, though. But that's also the best time to ride Pirates of the Caribbean or Space Mountain. Yes, it is. <laughs> see, we got that wavelength because Pir Pirates is my favorite ride. Oh, Pirates is my favorite right there. <laughs> Perfect. Br best. Brittany, again, thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you at Disneyland and in another Netflix event. Yeah, thank you. Thank All right, take care. All right. All right, bye. Bye.